0: Welcome to episode 307 of the Unauthorized History of the Pacific War podcast. My name is Seth the Historian and Deputy Director of Mississippi Armed Forces Museum, Camp Shelby. And with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, retired Navy Captain Bill Toady, former skipper for of the Fast Attack Submarine USS Indianapolis, Commodore of Submarine Squadron 3 in Pearl Harbor, and many other assignments. How are you this morning, Bill, with your wounded wing?
1: Yeah, Seth, I'm five days out of getting my... Right, rotator cuff reattached. I'm wearing, I'm in camouflage here, so you can't see my back's black sling that I've got to wear for the next six weeks. I know you would have given me time off for good behavior to miss today's episode, Seth, but no, honestly, this is too exciting of an episode. I didn't want to miss it, so why don't you jump into introducing it?
0: I certainly will, and I just want to. Uh, before we get any further, I want to introduce our always welcome and often uh, co-host or wingman or whatever you want to call him, John Parshall. John is here with us today to discuss a very very cool topic. Um, welcome to the show, as always, John. Good to see you. Delighted. Are you here? I
2: like, I like wingman. That's got a good ring to it. So. Indeed. Indeed. Yep. Uh, Before we get started, as always, I want to ask you to like and subscribe to our channel
0: as it helps other people find our show. We want to get the history to the masses, and if you want to help us do that, please do that thing that I just asked you to do. So this week, we are going to step out of our semi-chronological dive into the Pacific War to take a step back, as we often do with Pivotal Time. No, it is not Guadalcanal today, but Midway we're going to be talking about. Uh, we have done midway thoroughly, three episodes worth in season one, so today we're going to examine some incredible underwater footage of some of the most important shipwrecks ever found. I am, of course, referring to the wreck footage of the aircraft carriers Akagi Kaga, and Yorktown that were recently surveyed by NOAA. Uh, the team that surveyed the wrecks were led, was led by Ocean Exploration Trust aboard the exploration vessel Nautilus just a few weeks ago as we record this in the first week of October. Uh, That being said, the underwater archaeological footage that we are going to be showing today is not ours in any way, shape, or form. And while the commentary that we are going to provide is uniquely ours, the footage is theirs. So we want to give credit where credit is due so we don't get sued. (laughs) So just a (laughs) bit of background information here. Uh, The wrecks of Akagi and Kaga were first located by Bill and my good friends of Art Petrel. Uh, The team led by Rob Craft and Paul Mayer discovered both ships for the first time in 2019, and the petrol surveyed Kaga, and were going to survey Akagi before the ROV broke. Uh, Yorktown, which was first discovered by Robert Ballard on May 19, 1998, was also in the plans for petrol until, as I said, the ROV broke. All right, so we'll we'll get on with the show here now. This is completely unscripted, off-the-cuff. So if anybody's listening to this, God help you. If anybody's watching this, God help you. So bear with us. We're going to do this the best that we can. And uh, just, you know, I think what you're going to see, and more importantly, the commentary that we're going to provide, especially John, is going to be fantastic. Because while the footage is amazing, and there's a lot more of it, apparently, that we just don't have access to at the present time and may or may not get. Who knows? God knows. Um, we the love- uh, comment. We, well, yeah. Oh, that that would be great. That would be great. Yeah.
2: Uh, just uh, If I can interject. Uh, yeah. So I was I was part of the expedition team, sort of a last minute, spontaneous addition to that. But uh, as as a follow on to this expedition, all of the footage that was shot during this thing was done in 4K and. Um, And it's still on the ship at this point. When they get back to dock later on in October, they're going to transship all of that stuff. And then there's going to be a follow-on conference to actually talk about, okay, how do we get this footage out there? What are we going to be letting out in terms of actual coordinates where these shipwrecks are, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Because we know that there are going to be a lot of people in the historical and archaeological community that want to get a hold of this stuff. The question is how best to do that and still Mm -hmm. uh, preserve the integrity of the wrecks and make sure that they are protected.
0: Yeah, and that's the most important thing, as we've seen in recent, unfortunate recent past with repulse and 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 you know the the, Chinese yeah it's just aqua bandits yeah exactly
1: (laughs) aqua bandits yeah good good name these are war graves and they're going to be protected as such so no no locations are going to be given folks yeah exactly anyway even even if we knew them
2: (laughs) yeah even if we knew exactly um and obviously, you know, from an historical perspective, the locations uh, tell us a lot about how the battle actually evolved. If we can know the relative sinking positions of these vessels and, and certain other artifacts that may have come off these vessels, that tells us a lot about their movements and also where they may have been during the actual dive bomber attack that led to the damage on two of the ships that we're going to be looking at today. Well, with that, uh, Bill, let's queue up. John, do
0: you want to look at the footage, or do you want to look at the pictures of Akagi first?
2: Uh, I don't care. We, we can roll either way. I mean, uh, I do have annotated stills uh, that I've prepared, I some, of the, some of the highlights. Uh, so how, how, do you, how do you want to roll?
1: All right, here we go. And so we got the video. And again, don't be afraid to tell me, jump forward as we go through right. this. But it is playing now.
2: Okay. Well, that's actually one of the, the first really interesting parts of this. So just to bring the, uh, the viewers up to speed, actually, can we, can we go backwards a little bit? Let's yeah. go back to, back to that gun tub. Um, yeah, there we go. You could even, yeah, just kind of leave it there. The ROV mm-hmm. came down on the starboard side of Akagi and uh, there was a little bit of discussion around, okay, are we actually on the starboard side of Akagi? Because this shot actually shows us one of the interesting uh, sort of surprises, I guess, in, in terms of what we see on the uh, on the, the wreck. So, Seth, if you could call up that that annotated uh, screen cap that's got the outline of the flight deck there. We are looking at one of the starboard side 120-millimeter uh Any aircraft guns on Akagi. So what makes this interesting, you can can tell it's one of these two tubs because you can see the little indent there of the flight deck that I've sort of traced out in orange, right? So it's one of those Mm -hmm. two tubs uh, in the upper inset on the upper right corner. You can see uh, it's one of those two gun tubs, and I, I forget which of them it is. But like I say, there should be shielding over these tubs that protects those gun crews and yet you can see that there's no shielding whatsoever in the picture of the wreck and i'm having a little a little debate with uh, another gentleman out on uh, one of the facebook forums a guy named ed Lowe. he's very very knowledgeable and he's like well maybe the you know the shields just corroded off or fell away somehow um and and that may be but when i look at the outline of that tub it is extremely clean, and I don't see any debris or anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's it's clear that the gun mount itself has fallen off of its pedestal, you know, so the, the, the twin barrels are actually kind of sitting next to um, the pedestal that they were mounted on originally. And that probably happened after the ship landed on the bottom, you know, at, sure. at some point. It it degraded and and fell away, but I see no evidence of the gun tubs or or the shielding around the gun tubs whatsoever, and part of me is like, did they perhaps remove them before the battle during one of her dockyard visits? I don't know, but it made it really uh, difficult. When the ROV was down on the ship for the first five or ten minutes, when we're looking at this, I'm like, are we sure that we're on the starboard side? Because those tubs look like the tubs that you see over on the port side of the vessel that were unscreened. So that was kind of a surprise uh, to me to to see the the gun tubs looking like that but still <laughs> once we did figure out okay no we are actually on the starboard side of the wreck and we know that because of the side scan sonar images it's like oh well okay there's a data point you know something new that we have learned um in, in the course of just the first 10 minutes or so of the dive I mean, now john
0: was- are the the, the the shields you're referring to are can you see my cursor circling on the yes, bottom right hand image yeah
2: that's exactly is, what is that what you're That's what I'm talking about. These were fully enclosed mounts, and the shielding wasn't super heavy-duty. You know, it's just light sheet metal, Uh, again, mostly just to keep the the flue gases from from washing over the gun crews. But you can see that they are fully enclosed. Gotcha. And there there
1: would be no reason to remove it, though. I mean, they don't worry about weight, Right.
2: Well, actually, these ships did worry about weight incredibly. Um, <laughs> both both Akagi and Kaga have real top weight problems. Uh, their flight decks are 65 feet above the ocean. And mm-hmm. when you look at the support structures on these ships that are used to support some of the things like uh, the anti-aircraft guns that are, you know, festooned along the sides of the superstructure, you'll see that they're using every possible means for reducing the weight of that supporting structure because, uh, yeah, these ships were were kind of top-heavy.
1: So you know, we could go back to my lecture on metacentric height and what that has to do with open ocean yeah. stability. We'll leave that for another day.
2: Exactly, but not for today. Yeah, so, you know, this is this is speculation on my part. Um, you know, and, and Ed may well be right that these things just rusted away. But again, to me, just the fact that the circumference of those tubs themselves is so clean and so neat. And I see no debris from where the, where those, you know, screens should have been. It's a mystery. I don't know where they went.
0: Anyway. Do we know, do we know how the tubs were installed? Were they, cause I mean, you know, guns, i.e. this anti-aircraft gun. Yeah. They were, you know, gravity held.
2: Were the tubs gravity held maybe no idea um so far as we know this ship sank on a reasonably even keel and Mm -hmm. so you know when she comes down she's she's pretty deep in the mud but not as deep as kaga when we get to kaga um she's a lot a lot further down anyway yeah just just a minor mystery but very cool Hmm. to see these tubs
1: it is it is We're gonna go back and we'll start yeah. the video. Then. Yeah. So here we go, and um, yeah. we're we'll moving again. Yeah.
2: And we're seeing, you know, the edge of her flight deck, obviously. To here, the the wood is long gone. So you're looking into sort of the the supporting framework that held that flight deck up. But what that tells us is, at least in this portion of the ship, the mid center of her starboard side, her superstructure is intact all the way up to the flight deck level. Um so she has much less damage to her upper hangar decks than we're going to see on Kaga for instance. Mm-hmm. This now is a section of her forward flight deck right next to the forward elevator. So why don't we freeze here and go find that screen cap? All right, so John, we, what are we looking at here? Well, what we got here is a section of the flight deck that is right next to the forward elevator. And there are also some um, anti-aircraft gun tubs down in the lower portion of, yeah, right there where your mouse just was is actually uh, back up towards the inset again, is actually a Type 96 twin, a little further up to your your right, upper right. Oh, I see it, yeah. There it is, right there. Yep, so that's a twin 25-millimeter mount right there. And, uh, there are the remains of the fire control, um, binoculars that would have been used to, to actually control that mount. We've got a piece of distorted flight deck next to it. And then that orange line that I've traced there actually shows you the curvature of what remains of the lip of that forward elevator well. So again, um there's obviously some damage here, right? I mean, she's she's been badly beaten up by the explosions that were occurring in that forward hangar deck, but the ship's structure is contiguous up to this point. Now, I, I should share for the audience that you know, as as they took the ROV in a later pass, they actually went right down the middle of the flight deck overhead and looked down. That's all gone. So the ship is, you know, she's a giant hole where the hangars used to be that goes down quite a ways. But again, at least some portion of her upper superstructure is still contiguous up to the point of that flight deck. The funnel, unfortunately, for the ship is is completely missing. And I believe uh, maybe, the... Go ahead. Maybe it
1: would be helpful if you remind our viewers how Akagi was sunk.
2: Sure. Uh, Akagi was hit during the 1020 to 1027 dive bomber attack. Uh, she was hit by a single bomb, uh, that was dropped by Lieutenant Dick Best, and it hit fairly close to her amidship's elevator. You can just see the, the lip of that elevator just abaft the bridge there on that inset drawing. So she was hit, um... In that neck of the woods, that started fires. There were aircraft that were down in the hangar decks at that point in time that were armed and fueled. And, you know, the result was a series of ongoing uh, ordnance explosions and fires that kind of worked their way down into the lower hangar deck and then forward uh, through the ship as well. She lingered through the night um, and was eventually scuttled the, the following morning as sort of the. The crowning scuttling, if you will, of of the entire battle. Soryu and Kaga had been scuttled uh, the night before. Hiryu was scuttled also uh, during the morning. But uh, Akagi, as as the flagship of the force, they really agonized over whether they should do away with her. And finally, uh, the orders came down from Yamamoto to to scuttle her and and bring off her crew and and head back home. So, thank you. Yeah so so
0: john um looking at the the image you got here the the everything astern of the superstructure and and people need to remember too akagi is an odd duck was an odd duck and that her superstructure was on the opposite side of you know what was yeah. uh, considered normal for american aircraft carriers uh, it's right. on the port side as opposed to starboard so so you're saying basically everything back after here is gone right i mean
2: well, okay. no there's there's actually still some of the hull structure comes up to the level of the flight deck but the middle mm-hmm. of the flight deck for the entire length of the ship is essentially gone it's just a gaping pit down into where the hangars would have been so you know i'm trying to think of a it, it, she's almost like a bathtub if you will you know mm-hmm. i got the walls of the bathtub around the circumference of the of the flight deck but the flight deck itself is is gone, and you're looking down into into the hangar decks. And I should say, too, that, you know, the, the continuity of, of the hull structure around the circumference of the hangars varies from point to point on the ship. Like, you can see in, in the upper portion of that inset, there's another set of gun tubs on the port side of the ship on the other side of the elevator. Well, you don't see uh At least I don't remember seeing evidence of those when when we were driving around on the port side of the ship, so that all may be gone at this point it's 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 an uneven uh damage profile, i guess I would say around the upper part of the ship
1: yeah, okay anyway, let's roll going back to the video yeah, and here we go. that was the yeah. area that you were just describing yeah. We can jump forward
3: a bit. Sure.
2: Yeah, okay, so this part right here, this is really kind of cool. If you can freeze it when we get down. Okay, right there. All right, there we go. Yeah. All right, John, what are we looking at here? We are looking at her forward arresting wire. Um, As you can see the little white circle on the drawing that I did there. And that's exactly what we're seeing on the flight deck. You can barely discern on the edge of the screen again that curved lip of the elevator uh, well. So we know exactly where we are on this ship. But it was really cool for me, you know, as, as we're bobbing up and down 15 feet at a time. You know, the camera would come down, and it's like there's that that arresting gear. You can see the the uh, area where the uh, the cable would have been tensioned in order to, uh, you know, have the proper tension on it for what an aircraft might might land. But I'd, I've never seen, honestly, a, a detailed view of, of the arresting gear assembly, even in most of the reference books that I've seen. So it was pretty neat to be able to see that little detail as we were uh, sort of flying overhead.
0: No, that's Great. totally cool. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be r- romantic here, but, I mean, when you see images like this, and, again, you know, we did... All three of us actually participated in the Lost Ships of World War II series. And we were looking at footage of, you know, Hornet and the Juno and different ships like that. But when you see little images like that, it is just so damn cool when you think about it. And that's what makes this underwater archaeology just so neat, is that you see images like this thing here, like this piece of the arresting gear, and think about what happened there. Right. That that arresting wire caught, you know. Planes that raided Pearl Harbor, planes right. that took part in the Indian Ocean raids, you know, the, the first, the strike on Midway Island. There's all kinds of, so much history, with just with that little bitty piece of, you know, yeah. like hole right. in the deck right there. It's it's incredible yeah. when you think about that.
2: Yeah. And, and you yeah, know, for, for a guy like me who's, who's spent a fair amount of time, you know, gazing at plans of Akagi, again, she's very familiar to me. And it was just like, oh, that's that's a neat little detail. I'm, I'm yeah. glad I got chance to see that all right so yeah. let's uh let's queue up that okay. video again and we're gonna and, uh, we're gonna get good. to get to her bio here pretty quickly which is super cool
1: you want me to jump so, forward?
2: Yeah. yeah let's do that this stuff was pretty hard to identify particulars and so i think i would continue jumping forward honestly yeah. until we get to uh we're gonna start to see portions of her there we go. Okay, so this is a really neat shot. So we are looking here at a, the the very forward end of Akagi's hangar deck. And so you can see this, this big slab of metal that's kind of in the upper left-hand portion of the screen. That is her forward hanger bulkhead. Which was somewhat angled, and then the first orange circle that you see there, to the let yep, right there, that is the landing for the stairway that goes up that forward bulkhead, and that gave access to both the lower and then upper hangar decks. Um, and I write about this actually in in Shattered Sword. We we talk about. Uh, One of the chapter names is Up the Steel Steps, talking about the damage control efforts that were going on in Akagi after these fires break out. What they ended up doing is they set up a hand-powered pump on the forward deck right here. And so you've got a gang of men who are pumping this thing up and down, right? Mm-hmm. To generate enough water power to pump the hoses that are trying to fight the fires that are in the hangar deck. Those hoses would have snaked up these stairways and then gone in through the doors into the hangar decks themselves, where these poor yeah, these poor bastards, you know, t- trying to mm-hmm. fight find- raging aviation gasoline fire that is also, you know, periodically cooking off ordnance that are sitting on the, the decks of both of these hangar decks and mowing down the firefighters undoubtedly in the process. So again, you know, when we think about little vignettes and being able to put ourselves in the shoes of these sailors that landing there knowing that that is where they made their weary way up to you know do these firefighting duties and these hangars which of course are ultimately unsuccessful because Trying to you know put out an ab gas fire with a with a garden hose essentially I mean that's that's a losing effort the mm-hmm. the middle circle what we're looking at right there is the inside that's the base of one of her flight deck supports and so we're actually sort of looking right down into the inside of that uh, support and then the right hand circle shows us those great big bollards. Uh, that she would have been tied off to the docks with. You know, there would have been big heavy lines snaking around that. So, you know, we've got a really nice view here of the bow of this ship. And again, Akagi was an odd duck. Akagi was kind of uh, almost akin to Lexington and Saratoga in that she, too, is a converted battle cruiser hull. She was built for speed. And when you see the side-scan sonar images of of her shipwreck, the lean lines of this ship are just so apparent. And this bow is something that is just ingrained in my mind, again, having been just intimate with this carrier for years, um, this long, lean, greyhound kind of bow uh, that ends up then seeing so much activity uh, during this final day of her existence. You know, this is where the survivors were clustered uh, here and astern because the middle portions of the ship were untenable. And this is where the final desperate damage control efforts were taking place on this ship all during the afternoon as they're trying to fight these fires. This is where the chief engineer of Akagi sends an ensign down into the bowels of the ship to you know, try to make a confirmation as to whether or not the engineering crews are still alive and whether or not the engines can can be restarted. Um, I'm spacing the name of that guy. I think his name is Mondai. Uh, He eventually comes back to the chief engineer and says, you know, we're we're out of luck here. There's no way that, that we can, you know, that Akagi is going to be able to make her way out of here under her own power, at which point the chief engineer turns to the captain and says, it's game over. You know, we got get to the, get the emperor's portrait off this ship. Um, I think that had actually been moved out earlier, but it, the cause is hopeless. We, we, we need to abandon ship here, and, and we cannot save this vessel. So there's, there's a lot of poignant moments that happen right here where we're looking on this particular screen cap.
3: Incredible. Yeah, wow. super cool. Okay.
2: So now let's, yeah, let's move forward uh, along her bow, and I think we're going to get to, yeah, this is her extreme bow. It's so amazing. That's the snoot. That's the snoot. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's see. right. So here we are looking right down on the rakish prow of this proud vessel, and again, we see the the bollards uh, on the forward part there, yep, right where you're circling. And then um, a companionway or some some way that leads down into uh, the ship. It's not for the anchors. You can see the anchor, uh, the holes for the anchor chains are actually on the upper part of the screens uh, side by right. side. Yes, sir. That's right. And the other one is just, yep, exactly. But, again, very clear where it is uh, on the ship and And the rakish lines of of this bow again very very evident on the bottom of that screen we're starting to see the the imperial chrysanthemum is is right right down there, and we'll have a shot of that a little bit later on but uh, again for for someone like me that spent tons of time just looking at this ship, her bow is unmistakable and mm-hmm. uh just just incredible to see this
1: mm-hmm. Going back, and here's the video again. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's neat. I got too many computers in front of me. Yeah. I don't know
2: forward. if I've ever shared shared this story with you, um, but Akagi is actually the the subject of of one of the the few very bitter arguments in the course of my marriage. Um, <laughs> 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 so, backstory. 1999, we found the chunk of junk from Kaga, right? And there was going to be a follow-up expedition, and they wanted me to go along. And I, God, I so wanted to go along myself. Now we're looking at uh, her her forward bowers starting to get closer to uh, to her chrysanthemum. Anyway, so I'm like telling Margaret, I, I, I got to go, I got to go, you know. But this meant taking a month of unpaid leave for my job and going and sitting on a ship for a month out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We had a four-year-old and a two-year-old. The two-year-old is about to be diagnosed with autism. And Margaret oh. very wisely is like, uh, I'm sorry, this is ill-advised. And you know, I don't want you going out. <laughs> and I was super grumpy about it. And fortunately, okay, this is a great shot. Look at this. Here we are looking right at her bow. Um, and that is her chrysanthemum right there. You can make it out. So fortunately, you know, the the expedition gets scrubbed, and that was better for everybody. And so think about now how amazing it is for me to be sitting in my study, and granted, okay, I stayed up until 4.30 in the morning watching this, but all of this footage is being piped directly into my study in high def. I literally went and popped popcorn, you know, as we're going (laughs) around the (laughs) city. conference of it and it's i never had to leave my house telepresence was amazing on this thing i just it was Mm -hmm. wonderful so anyway
0: so so a a little side story on to your side story is back in 2019 when i was at world war ii museum i was doing performing research for rv petrol while they were out looking for these wrecks and other wrecks as well and um i got a phone call well i got a email on, I guess it was Friday night. I can't remember if it was a Friday night or a Saturday night anymore. I don't recall, but I got an email saying, Hey, we found Kaga and it was from Paul Mayer. And he says, we're going to go, we're going to go tomorrow and we're going to go look for a Kagi. Could you be on a live feed with us? I was like, hell yes. Not yes, but hell yes. (laughs) And all we were doing was looking at side scan sonar. And I remember when that that side scan image of Akagi came, what turned out to be Akagi came up. It was literally one of the coolest moments of my entire career. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting here and of course we didn't see the footage that you, that you looked at, that, that, yeah. that we're looking at here today, but I saw that and you know, of course immediately the debate began, you know, what is it? And I remember they drew, they took a measurement of the, of the wreck like on the sonar. And I, I did the calculations like that can only be one ship that has to be Akagi. And it was, it was shivers down my spine. It was literally one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of in my life.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now this, and, and staying up, you know, till four in the morning to watch this whole thing unfold. Yeah. This is a real highlight to be, to be plugged into the command room crew. And, you know, as we're going around the ship, I'm basically taking little screen caps as, you know, we're here, we're here, we're here. This is that. It was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. I, I shared with you too. Yeah. That side scan image of, of Akagi, there was a little debate that went on with me and Tony. Um, he was like, it could be sorry. And I'm like, dude, yeah, I, 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 I just a glance at that image. I'm like, I, I, I know this ship in my sleep. That is Akagi. You can, you can bet your life on it. So anyway, all right, let's rock.
1: And this is the chrysanthemum is, is wood, yes. which it's caused yeah, it wrong way. So
2: that's know. right. Although when when you get in closer, you can actually see little glints of gold. Uh, so it seems like there's still um, right there. just traces of that gold paint that would have been there. Uh, right. it, it was again. This was just a super cool moment, and really, really neat to see this. You know, the ship has not been glimpsed for yeah for eighty one years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just amazing. Hey, right. I'm going to share my screen right now because
0: I've got a You got a really good screen cap of it, John. I'm going to share yeah. it here. You can yeah. you can see some
2: of the gold flecks in the paint right here.
1: There it is. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is much better lit, and yeah, you can you can see some of the. You can also see the tracery of the petals in the chrysanthemum, mm-hmm. um, sort of radiating out from the center there. Yeah. Astonishing! Really, yeah, really. That's really, cool. that's really awesome. Really yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I think we should uh, we should fast forward until we get to okay. We got yeah. These mm-hmm. are the end chains here. Yeah. There was also a piece of wreckage from the flight deck that's just off to the the port side of the ship. Okay, so this thing on the face of it, you look at this and you're like, what in the heck? Um, this is actually. It's a pile of rubble, right. It's actually a portion of the flight deck that is from directly overhead uh, the bow of the ship. And I think we've got a screen cap of this. So what we're seeing here is sort of the bent and twisted uh, flight deck support for one of the upper, uh, upper flight deck stanchions, I guess you would call it, that actually hold this flight deck up. Mm-hmm. And so that means that the flight deck was reasonably intact in this neck of the woods when the ship left the surface, it hits the bottom, the flight deck yeah. comes off in a heap, but this was located just, just you know, 10 meters or so from the bow itself, meaning, you know, if this had come off during the water column or, you know, in the early part of your descent, you would expect this wreckage to be located a fair bit away. The fact that it's right here next to the hull of the ship says she smacked into the bottom. That jar, you know, knocked it off. But the flight deck was probably reasonably contiguous uh, around the uh, the forward end of the ship when she left the surface. Pretty cool. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, now wow. let's get let's get to her bridge because that is just just complete nerd out territory. Right. Let's. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, backwards from here, actually. This is later in that sequence. Okay, there's bow. Don't you wish they made the sliders, like, four times as long so you had more...
1: Yeah, control. Right. Granularity.
3: Uh,
2: bow, bow, bow. There we go. Okay, this is a good place right here, actually. All right, so... This may not look like much, but, uh, that little circular structure down there, uh, is actually one of the, yep, that is the fire control director for the port side anti-aircraft guns. And we've got a screen cap of that. So what we're seeing here is, I'm forgetting the actual model numbers. It's a type 89 director. I can't remember. Um. In any case, this is the director for the uh, the three pairs of 120mm anti-aircraft guns that are on the, on the port side of the ship, just abaft the bridge. You can see the first one of them there. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to actually see that gun mount a little further forward. But it was an interesting, uh, again, recognition moment to say, okay, that's exactly where we are. And this actually feeds back into this debate um, around the gun tubs over on the other side of the ship, Uh, one of the points that Lowe made was, well, okay, there was shielding over this particular fire control director too. Where's that shielding? We know that that was there, but you don't see it on the wreck. So maybe the same, you know, whatever took away this gun shield and, and, or not gun shield, but actually shielding on the director, you know, could have been the same phenomenon that did away with the shielding on the the 120 millimeter guns over on the other side of the ship. Eh, Fair point. So anyway, but the the fact that we can actually see this this circular outline here very clearly, that made it apparent to me like, oh yeah, we're getting close to the bow. And it is actually vaguely in view for us here on the upper part of this screen cap. Um, You can see that there's a a little bandstand. Yep. Uh, a little yes, that's it right there, and on the profile image of the of the uh, the island, yep, that's it. So that little bandstand had spotting binoculars for air search, and also with some light machine guns. Actually, later on in her career, just forward of that, you can see there's this great big gun director. Yep, that powered. Uh, The casemate, the 8-inch casemate guns that were down on the waterline of this ship further aft. Um, Unfortunately, we don't see it here on the footage, but we could actually see the base of the gun director itself. The director is gone, but the base was also clearly visible. So that gave us the clue that, yeah, we're getting close to the bridge now. So now let's go back to the video footage and uh, maybe roll forward a little bit to see the bridge. Yeah, here we are bobbing up and down. There we go. So Akagi's bridge is kind of a mess, but there's still a lot of things that we can see here. And and this is kind of cool because, again, we see nothing like this on Kaga. Kaga's just you know, burned down to the waterline practically. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool that Akagi still has the first level and a half or so left of her bridge structure. And uh, we can detect some some fairly discernible landmarks in that structure yeah that's a good place to stop actually right there uh let me look for a screen cap people um, ask me how did, how did you get into military how do you know so much about the japanese navy and it's like well because i you know spent way too much time in high school and i should have been kissing girls but anyway what are you going to do so the big orange circle that's our bandstand uh, and you can see it annotated down here on the on the both the top view and the side view of this chip. And then this yellow circle is this adorable little uh, searchlight platform that is on the port side of the island. And you can even see right below that, there's a there's a support stanchion that is yeah just above that, actually. Right there, that puppy is what holds that searchlight platform up on the side of the bridge. And that would actually be a relatively... I don't know that I would want to do duty there because you are literally hanging out over the ocean. You're 75 feet above the ocean at that point. Don't don't trip. Uh, obviously, there were guardrails, but anyway, you, you'd get a good view uh, from this particular point on the ship. And then down, sort of highlighted in the blue there, there's a, a you know a catwalk that actually goes along the the extreme port side of the island so that you can. Go along uh, the island there without having to necessarily go out onto the flight deck itself. But Akagi's island um, has this sort of slab-like structure. It's just it's a sheer drop all the way to, down to the water at this point, and th- it almost looks like an office building to to an extent. And that you've got these rows of port portholes down along the side of the ship as you make your way down to the water and we're gonna see some of those as as we go further along so let's uh let's go back to the video yeah let's roll forward till we can see yeah that part okay so back up just a little bit so that we can see that anti-aircraft gun freeze right there yeah because I've got a that's a great shot mm-hmm. and so what we're seeing here obviously is the aft end of her island um, that huge sort of office building superstructure that you know goes down uh, the side and then we've got the forwardmost of her 120 millimeter anti-aircraft guns and this particular mount is still sitting right on top of the the platform uh, or the, I don't know what you call it it's not a pintle mount but it's a you know, a podium, if you will, that it's that it's sitting on and is trained out here to port. And these, these particular guns, man, you see these 120 millimeter guns all through the Pacific. If you go to a place like Saipan, the Japanese used these guns, either dual, more often single mounts. Uh, these were very, very widespread as, as land-based installations as well. But this is just a beautiful shot of her island mm-hmm. as well as that anti-aircraft gun. All right, so now let's roll a little bit forward, because they took the ROV back up, and then they tried to come right down on top of the island, and this is just incredible. Okay, so yeah, right here. So let's find a screenshot. So what's happened here is the forward edge of the island structure, which is sort of trapezoidal-shaped, and I've marked it in orange there on the on the inset that you see, has has fallen off and and basically landed on top of the one level of what remains of the island. You can see the portholes there. Um, this is the helmsman's station, which is directly below the bridge level. There would have been a you know steersman down here. This is where the ship's wheel was was right through those uh, those windows as a matter of fact, and the other thing that's kind of neat that um, that Ed lowe and I have been talking about if you move your mouse to the right and now up a little bit, nope, let's go yeah up up up, uh, keep going, and now to the left, 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 straight, left, yes, right there see this see this. Yeah, see that pile of stuff? It looks like it's, you know, a set of tubes coming out of the deck, right? We think that those are probably the voice tubes for the ship, Mm -hmm. So there would have been Mm -hmm. a communications post to the aft of the helmsman station that would then be sending, you could be talking to the engine room or to the magazines or what have you, but... Um, Ed apparently has a friend who has scuba dived a lot on shipwrecks and has seen voice tubes, and he's like, yeah, that seems seems pretty familiar territory. So, And then, again, we can see that little orange circle down there. That, again, is that searchlight platform that's just kind of hanging out off, off the left side of the ship. Pretty neat.
0: Well, that would make perfect sense, though. If you look at the searchlight platform here, and you look at it here and you look mm-hmm. at it in relation to the tubes, it would be, yeah. theoretically, would it be up on this level by the bridge, or would it be right by the, because it's kind of hard it's, to t- No, it's right by the searchlight, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. it's, it's, I believe that's the second level of the bridge that it would be at. Actually, let yeah. me go look. Yeah, it sure is. It's, it's not up no, at the bridge right. level. Right. But anyway, yeah, pretty neat. Very cool. All right. Now I think we should move along and go back to the stern of the ship. Uh, We got some shots of her casemate guns, which are fairly interesting. But then the really nerdy part was seeing the writing of her name on the stern of the ship. Mm. And that was, yeah, that was really, really neat. So let's see if we can fast forward here. Yeah. So here we are bobbing up and down in our our 15-foot... <laughs> but we're, what we're looking at here is one of those 8 inch casemate guns on Akagi. So, both Akagi and Kaga, again, these were battle cruisers, and well, Kaga was actually a battleship. Um, but they were built with these casemate guns down low near the waterline because at the time that these ships were put in the water, nobody really knew how aircraft carriers were going to be used. And so, why don't we go ahead and pull up that screen cap now? So, nobody really knew how carriers were going to be used. And it seemed conceivable at the time that aircraft carriers might need to be able to defend themselves against enemy cruisers that might have broken through their screens and come gunning for them. And so it seemed to make sense to uh, put fairly heavy uh, anti-surface ship armament on these ships. And so what you see here is a relic of that design decision, which was completely outmoded by the time you get to 1942. But this is uh, her forwardmost 8-inch casemate gun on her port side. And, yeah, this is pretty neat. There's still enough uh, hull structure above this thing that it held those guns in place when she sank. Again, unlike Kaga which lost most of hers. Anyway, so that's kind of a neat shot. Now let's go to her stern. Okay, so this is the stern of Akagi. This is on her starboard side. Mm-hmm. The Most Japanese warships had their names painted on the ship. And in the case of their destroyers, actually, the, the kana for the destroyer name was actually very large and recognizable from you know, quite a distance away. And during the war, they, they painted over those letters because they didn't want the enemy, you know, being able to recognize their warships. Well, the same thing apparently happened on Akagi. Even though these letters, and I, I tried to scale them, these are about mm, foot and a half to maybe two feet high. But they showed uh, the name of Akagi, and they, and they read from right to left. You would have three kana-a, kagi so now if we can go to the screen cap so here's you know a close-up of that and now if you look really closely you can kind of discern gradations in the white paint that would mm-hmm. give you an indication that there is uh, you know that there's kana underneath and the Japanese used this uh, for these ships they used this beautiful kind of flowing, calligraphic kind of looking characters. And so now if we go to the next screen cap, I went out and found a Japanese character set that seemed to mimic what I had seen in some of my reference books and sort of use that, even though it's kind of weathered looking, but from where we were sitting, this was, <laughs> was just like one in the morning, um, we're trying to make out the the kana and there was a japanese woman as part of the expedition team she was there in her kitchen with her mother and we could start to discern the tracery of these characters and it became apparent that you know yes these are actually painted over uh, the 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 aka and the gi and, and among other things what you can see on the leftmost image there's almost a sort of a subsidiary little square block up in the upper right hand corner that would have hidden the diacritical those two little lines there that turn that key into a gi um and so again for her and for me on opposite sides of the planet to sort of come to this realization that we can make out the tracery of those letters was a real you know uh Kind of a squee moment um and you can see unfortunately it's overlaid by the uh the watermark for the podcast these are really small letters they're only about maybe tops two feet tall so it's not like the enemy was going to be able to recognize this ship from any distance but for whatever reason they decided it was important to paint these things over with this ugly white block anyway <laughs> that's kind of a cool moment Mm-hmm. And that That's pretty cool. much takes, yeah it takes us around to Cogi. Uh, so maybe we should uh, we should go over to Yorktown. God, this is going long. <laughs> Hope I didn't blather too much.
0: No, man, this stuff is so damn cool. There's no blathering here. I, I, people are going to eat this shit up. I again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Doing the the research and then being on the inside track of all the information that petrol was finding is still to this day the coolest thing i've ever done in my career i mean it's not right. even close and i mean I, you know and, and it goes back to like yorktown and karishima and hiei and not yorktown uh lexington and hornet and wasp yeah. and juno it's just bad to the bone and all the ones in the philippines that they found you know they right. never did find um they were looking for heo and they never did yeah. find
3: her.
2: right Yeah, Yeah, it was still the coolest thing. It it was gratifying, you know, when I was texting Jeff Morris and they were, you know, doing whatever they had to do to to get me onto that channel. And I was like, you know... I forget what I said, and he was like, "John, everyone in this room knows who you are. We, you know, we need to get you in here." You know, so that was it. Was just incredibly gratifying to be integrated yeah. into that team, and then exactly. to, you know, have the get the secret sauce, and it was Jesus. It was so cool. I just was just yeah. nerding out so hard. Anyway. So inside right. baseball,
0: when I was doing the stuff for petrol, nobody at World War II knew I was doing it. I just did it on a whim. I just did it because I wanted to be involved in the project. You know, I didn't tell anybody, including my boss. I was like, right. I just want to do this. I didn't get anything out of it at all. It was just right. fun. And and I'd come to right. work in the mornings knowing what they'd found. And yes. I couldn't say anything <laughs> to anybody and it was killing me. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. I was like, God, oh, I don't want to say this so bad, oh, I no. couldn't do it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you yeah. All right, so we're going to move on from Akagi now, and we're going to move on to Yorktown, onto USS Yorktown CV five. Of course, you know Yorktown is uh, was discovered, as I said in the opening, by Bob Ballard back in 1998, I believe it was. And you know, he did, or National Geographic did quite a bit of survey on Yorktown at that time. We have not seen Yorktown. In those, you know, corresponding twenty-five plus years, uh, so to see Yorktown again, and we're going to show the wreck footage here in just a minute. But I wanted to show some of this combat footage because, of course, you know, the wreck is as a result of the co- of the combat that you're about to see. Now, this footage, uh, you'll see the National Archives call number right here. So, those who say, "Where do you, I find it?" you can find it at the National Archives under four two eight NPC one six eight seven seven this combat footage was shot by photographer's mate third class william roy william g roy uh bill roy was the combat cameraman aboard uss yorktown really from 1941 until she sunk so all the pictures you see of yorktown damaged photographs that you see of yorktown that were taken at coral sea bill took those uh not Mm -hmm. bill toady bill roy (laughs) but um all the stuff you see at Midway, including some of the more famous images we're going to show here in just a second, were shot by Bill Roy. Um, and, yes, I knew Bill Roy. Bill Roy was a friend of mine. So what we're, I'm going to roll the footage because this is some really, really cool stuff. So check this out. As you can see, you see these anti-aircraft bursts here. You know, Some of the aircraft, some of the Japanese aircraft are starting to come in. You can see a destroyer, destroyer yeah. down here. And this destroyer is cruising. Um, I'm going to... Speed up, so bear with me. Now, again, the thing with National Archives footage, and, this, and
1: I've looked at. Say again, Bill. Those are some clo- close aboard bursts right there.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing I was going to say is the thing about National Archives footage, and I've looked at literally tens of thousands of hours of this stuff, and I kid you not, is that even if it was shot on the same day by the same guy on the same reel, for whatever reason, the footage is out of sequence. So at oh. this point, you see these low bursts of anti-aircraft fire, which is clearly what these are. This has got to be from the torpedo attack, and you can see something
2: right there. Yeah, I was wondering you about that. see an that airplane. Too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you can see an airplane right here. Now valves aren't going to do that, so this is the Kate Whoa. torpedo bomber attack. So this is the second attack on Yorktown. But nevertheless, we're going to roll it here as it goes through. Yeah. If you look in right here, again, I have the tendency to point with my fingers. If you look right here, right there, this is tracer fire, and this is heading straight out over the waterline. Boom, 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 boom. This yeah. is really Just- cool here. This is a water-cooled fifty-caliber machine gun, and this is definitely the Kate attack here. Yeah, this is Tomonaga's attack around noon. Mm-hmm. You see the water spraying out of the water jacket on the water-cooled 50 right here, which right. is just, for a gun guy like me, that's just wicked cool. <laughs> it's true, man. It's true. Look at this. Look at the wake. I just want to point this out. Yeah. This is a destroyer here. Look at the wake on this thing.
1: Yeah, she doing is my, moving. Doing this thing the, is cruising. Based on the bow wave.
2: Well, you what would know that? better than I. I missed that, Bill. What was that?
1: It's probably doing around thirty knots based on the bow wave.
2: Yeah, that would be. Yeah, would not and what's be a
0: cool is, is watch this? You'll see it very quickly. I'm going frame by frame here. Boom! Mm-hmm. That's her main battery opening fire right there. Right, sure. You'll see it again on the stern here in just a sec. Bam!
2: Yeah, right. Five right inch thirty eight. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Merry Christmas. So
0: this is Yorktown's Yeah, really. This is York Yes. I mean she's lighting it up. Right. And this is Yorktown's yeah. screen and you can see how close this thing is by this guy's head.
2: If you right that right. I
0: mean
2: yeah, this the is a dude's
0: was, head. Look how close.
2: Yeah, just a few hundred yards. Yeah. yeah. They're they're really tying and tied around her here.
0: But this is yeah, in my opinion, this is definitely Tomanaga's There's a New Orleans class heavy cruiser there. Yep. And I frankly forget which heavy cruisers were on her screen. Without pulling that up right now, I don't recall. We could identify that ship right
2: now, but feel like Pensacola was one of them. Um, Look at all the. I think this is
0: Pensacola here. Pensacola. I think this is Pensy here because Pensacola's got that got that clipper bow, and you can barely make it out right here. And she's got a different superstructure. So, this is right. one of the New Orleans class, but I'm not sure which one, frankly. Yeah. Very cool. I'm speed through. Yeah, very cool. But hang loose. We get some really hot action here in a minute. I'm gonna, There's one of them going down in the distance here. Yep. All right. Stand by because the Japanese vowels are about to come in. Fast forward.
2: First right attack. Here.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that, that's what I saying. This stuff is weirdly out of sequence for whatever reason, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is one of the valves here, and you'll watch. You'll see Tracer Fire popping up here. Here she comes. Yeah. Right. Good Lord. You can see this right here is the rigging. So, Bill yes. uh, Roy was way up top on Yorktown filming this. Mm-hmm. But oh, wait, it gets better. Here comes another one. Yeah. Watch this. I'm going to go slow
3: mo through here. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this shot before. Oh my God. She Mm. gets hit twice. So this airplane gets hit right there. Yes. See it get hit right here.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boom.
0: And she gets hit again right
2: about here. Bam. Yeah, bam. Mm -hmm. Right in the cockpit too, or close to that Mm -hmm. area. Well, and this this plane is so low. It's pretty clear that this plane is not gonna be pulling out.
0: The wing's coming up No, and and no exactly, Bill, the wing gets taken off right here and you see it look at it. Yeah, boom. You are wow. Yeah, and then it cuts out. But that's the last you see of it right there. Yeah. So what I think
1: that was—he's probably dying.
0: What what I think this was is I think this was the 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 first bomb to hit Yorktown because Mm. uh, according to the after-action reports, the first bomb that hits Yorktown is dropped by the first airplane that she shoots down. Which it's very evident that she's shooting that airplane down. I mean, you see that come off of that thing.
2: Yeah, Uh, that's not a bad speculation.
0: So watch here, right there. That's the bomb.
2: Oh, wow. I'm, I'm
0: almost 100% certain this okay. is the bomb.
3: Yeah. And there's
0: some, something else here. They didn't carry right. two bombs like SBDs did, did they? No. Uh-uh.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know what that is.
0: I, I, I think it may be a bomb just by the trajectory. I mean, it's just coming, you know, like a missile right there. But, yeah, I, right. but anyway, all right, we're going to get through some of this, you know, and again, there's some stuff that's intermixed in here. Oh, by the way, this guy here cracks up. This is a pilot. He was a machinist. He was an enlisted pilot named Tom Cheek.
2: Tom Cheek. That's yep. oh, my goodness. I've, yeah, I'd forgotten that. Yeah, Tom was very active on the Midway uh round table for for a long time. Mm-hmm.
0: That is his airplane. Yeah. All right. So this is post bomb attack. Um Yorktown at this point is dead in the water. Mm-hmm. You can see her crew, a bunch of flight deck crew, they're out there on top, on the top side trying to patch the hole that I'm gonna show in just a minute. She took mm-hmm. uh Three bombs. One of them almost went down the stack, if you will. You can see some of the smoke here. Uh, The one that went down her stack uh, basically extinguished, I believe, three of her boilers and heavily damaged five. So she was pretty much... She took a really hard lick with that bomb. Specifically, the bombs that hit her flight deck were totally survivable, but this one that went essentially down her stack is what put her dead in the water on this initial strike. And you can see right. multiple yeah. things will tell you she's dead in the water. Not the least of which is there's you know that's the smoke is just kind of hanging there. You know she's yeah. not moving. Yeah, moving. Yeah, right. Here's the hole in the flight deck, right? Right there. Yeah. So this was yep. about a 10-foot hole, but it's almost a square hole, which is kind of odd. But it's about a 10-foot by 10-foot hole that they're using planking here to to patch over the right. hole.
1: Yeah. It's the framing that would have made it square. So if <clears throat> punch out the middle, of framing would have kept it supported on the edges. Right.
2: Good gravy. Yeah, this damn is some true. pretty grisly
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Yorktown, by this stage in the war, she was leading the pack when it came to damage control. Absolutely. She basically, yeah, she wrote the book on how aircraft carriers, American aircraft carriers should prepare for an aerial
2: attack. She learned that the hard way at Coral Sea. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it's her fuel officer, a guy named Oscar Meyer who comes up with the innovation to put inert CO2 in the fuel lines. He had seen what had happened to Lexington at Coral Sea, and he was like, that oh, ain't happening to my ship. And he came up with this you know, this idea of using CO2, brought it to the damage control officer, and the DCO was like, well, I don't know, let's give it a try. And it's arguable that that innovation, you know, fast forward a month to Midway... Uh, you know, she gets hit by three bombs. If her fuel lines had not been secured, you know, does mm-hmm. she end up suffering the same sort of catastrophic fire that we see aboard the Japanese ships? You know, here's an example of innovation in the in the U.S. Navy taking place at a pretty frantic pace because we've been getting our butts kicked for the last six months. But, you know, tip of the hat to Oscar Meyer for coming up with that uh, particular innovation because it was really useful this day.
0: Absolutely. Because, you know, to your point, John, one of those bombs, actually
2: this bomb, the
0: bomb that penetrated this section of her flight deck, it obviously penetrates here, goes off. And when it explodes, it sends shrapnel through her hangar deck uh, in which there were, I think, three or four fueled aircraft. I have no earthly idea what kind, doesn't matter. There were three or four fueled aircraft that catch fire. When, okay. the, when uh, she gets hit and, you know, they wind up putting the fires out and shoving them overboard. But if those lines right. were not filled with CO2, kaboom, right. I mean, she goes yeah.
2: up. Yeah, you got a problem. So.
0: We're going to go through here. This next part of the footage is pretty grisly, not going to lie. Um, so when the second bomb, I believe it was a second bomb, detonates on her hangar deck, I mean, on her flight deck. It absolutely just scythes down the crew at the one point uh, one anti aircraft yes. gun, which is just after the superstructure. This right. is what's left of that crew. Um, mm-hmm. It it's, is grisly. It's it's yeah. It's bad news. I mean, you can see yeah the back end, literally the belt line of an American sailor right, right. here. Yeah. Um. Now the smoke is. This is her. I'm trying to orient myself. Her. Um, funnel is right here and this is her forward end of her superstructure here and the smoke is billowing backwards or forward back up towards her bow at this point Mm -hmm. um she is still on fire obviously here that is not exhaust that is fire smoke right there this next shot again out of sequence this is the 1.1 mount and i'm gonna pause it here i was gonna say here oh my god there yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: Oof. you can see the gentleman's helmet here. Yeah. This is bad news. Yeah.
3: Right.
0: But again, you know, again, Yorktown is dead in the water at this point. The sailors are walking around. They're trying to patch the hole in the flight deck, which is what is happening here. You can see them all clustered around here.
2: Yeah. You can see some there's distortions in the flight deck, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, been, there's something going on around here for sure. God knows what this is. I'm guessing this is planking. Or something yeah. that they're going to throw over the hole, but but I
2: really don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, again, this is what's left of the one-one crew. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's not much there. Yeah, just oh. a pile of yeah meat. I, I know, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to pause it there. I just want you to look at this guy's face. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Don't
2: that's know. yeah. That's that's a hard afternoon.
0: All right. Let's go to the video. Bill and I'll pull up some of the archival imagery in a minute. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is this is her funnel here. Um, You can go ahead and pause it right there, Bill. You can leave it right there. Mm -hmm. So over the 25 years since Ballard has found, or since Ballard initially found Yorktown, there has been some fairly significant. deterioration on the wreck if you look at some of the footage from her in 1998 you can see more of this uh, funnel because this if you look um that that slanted edge that's the forward part of her funnel uh this mm-hmm. horn looking thing up at the top right here yeah exactly right there that's her that's her whistle you know her ship's whistle if you will mm-hmm. um the, the holes on the funnel to the after end right there, that wasn't there, at least not to that degree in 1998. Mm-hmm. So it's it's evidence that, that Yorktown is starting to deteriorate a little faster than than we would yeah. have, obviously hope to see.
2: Right. Well, and, and, you know, one of the reasons for doing these expeditions from NOAA's standpoint is to assess the condition of these wrecks and understand where they are in their, you know, in their – trajectory towards ultimately becoming just a pile of rust sitting on the bottom so Mm. anyway and and one is going to you can pause it bill
0: one is going to wonder why that is the case with yorktown you know she did she wasn't a blazing inferno like akagi was or certainly not like kaga was but she was suffering fire damage, and I mean, the funnel. Is, there were there was superheated gas, or superheated steam, all kinds of stuff coming through that funnel. So there was it was fire weakened there at that point, and you can tell by mm-hmm. having looked at the the petrol footage of, of sunken warships before. This is uh, that that kind of warping looking material on the side of the funnel is indicative of fire damage, of heavy fire damage, of superheated metal. So that that's pretty, yeah, it, it, it's pretty obvious that she suffered some pretty hot fires coming up that out that exhaust funnel right there. That probably is what's causing the superstructure to, to fade away. You go ahead and roll it bill.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. What do we have there? Is that one of the one ones or
0: no, it's no. So this is, so unfortunately some of the footage of Yorktown here is on, is not quite, um, what we had hoped to see, but the, the superstructure, you do get back to the superstructure in just a few minutes here. Yeah. You can go ahead and keep going through this bill. Mm-hmm. Keep forward. <laughs> keep going. Right there. All right. Oh, pause. Yeah. So beautiful. Inch. Yeah. Five inch. Okay. So, yeah. So, so what we're looking at here is one of her five inch guns. She had a section, uh, a, Two on each side of her bow and three on each side of her stern. Uh, And much like you were talking about, John, these were not built for anti-ship like Akagi and Kaga had. These were strictly anti-aircraft weaponry. Um, They could elevate up to about 80 degrees. And you will see in some wreck footage, I believe it's of Hornet uh petrol's wreck footage of Hornet, one of these five inch guns is straight up, ninety degrees, straight up in the air. And and our mm-hmm. guess at that time was from the water. It basically just went Ugh! and and shoved it straight up as she was going down. Um wow. but what you do see in this footage here is pretty cool is that her gun, her the the, the shields are are still intact. Yeah and Yorktown, yeah. So she took two torpedoes from, was it two? Yeah, two torpedoes from um, Tomanaga's attack uh, in the afternoon, and she took on a port list at one point. And Bill, you can go ahead and go through some of this footage again. Go ahead Mm -hmm. and play. When she takes this port list, um, they decided they wanted to try and lighten ship, and the the biggest things that they could cut off and get rid of were the five inch guns. And you were going to see some um, evidence of that as we go forward. There's another one of her five inchers there. Yep. Yeah. That's a really good close-up shot of it there. Yeah. But again, you can see that the the shield on the basically on the side of the ship right there is intact. But in some yeah. of the other footage of the other five inch guns you're gonna see later, it ain't. It's not there. Interesting. Some of this is very, very different. There we go. Pause right there. Yeah, that's neat. Okay. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, there we go. Pause. Mm -hmm. All right, so this, what we're looking at here is evidence of them doing what I just said. They're they're trying to cut away and get rid of these five-inch guns because they're freaking heavy, and this thing is listing to port heavily, and this is the port side of the ship. So they're trying to cut these off of here, Mm -hmm. and the first thing they're going to do, obviously, is cut away these gun shields, and then they're going to cut the weapons out themselves, and they're just going to fall off naturally. They never got to that point. They never okay. got to that point. So they mm. cut the gun shields off, and at, at, at shortly after that point, Captain Buckmaster says, we've got a 26-degree list. It's time yeah. to get the hell off of this thing. So they never had the opportunity to cut these guns off.
1: Seth, remind me, the one where they're eating ice cream as they're waiting, waiting to abandon ship.
0: That was Lex. That was Lexington. Yeah. Because Lexington was on an, on a relatively even keel. Uh, she took torpedo hits, but she was down by the bow, whereas Yorktown was listing heavily to port. Actually, Bill, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Let's pause here. So this is some – yeah, this is some of the damage I wanted to show of the still imagery. You know, Bill Roy took – obviously took uh, moving images. He also took still imagery. Um, Mm -hmm. These images are interior shots. Remember I talked about uh, one of the aircraft – or several of the aircraft caught fire in the hangar deck when the bomb went off. This is evidence of that shrapnel damage. I mean, look at that. This is the inside of the hangar deck. This is some guy bent over right here. But this is just – yeah, it looks like Swiss freaking cheese here, man.
2: Yeah. yeah. And once again, had those... Google Google. Lines, yeah, go uh, ahead, John. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say again, yeah, had the, had the fuel lines had had fuel in them. Um, you know, they're running through the... Behind these bulkheads, probably someplace is a fueling line, you know. So, yeah, I think it's perforated. you got a real problem. Anyway, yeah, go that, ahead. Absolutely.
0: What, what's interesting here is if you look at this picture, and I'm going to zoom in and on it, these are communication lines. You see the squawk box right here, yeah, right. these are communication mm-hmm. lines? Boom, just blew these things apart. These are yeah. smoked. So there was no audible radio communication, internal communication with the hangar deck at this point, at least from this spot anyhow, because these mm. wires are history. These are smoked. Mm. This little doohickey here, I believe, is a bomb cart. This is what they would oh. have used to load up the aircraft. Right. Yeah. This here, I'm sorry, this is my daughter's friends texting her in the middle of the day at school. I'll have a conversation with her later about that. Uh, <laughs> um, this, is, this is the flight deck of Yorktown. This is a... Um, this is not a still image from the footage. This is a separate image. You can see some of the water cooled fifties. Yeah. Now they were scattered throughout the ship. Um, yeah. You can see one of the twenty millimeter Ehrlichs here. There's another one here, which is interesting. With this one, it does not have a gun shield yet. Mm. This one does. Interesting. Um, at this point in the war, this is June 1942. And, you know, you got to remember Yorktown had been out at sea. Prior to Midway, where she was in port for you know the famous seventy-two hours, they're not going to be installing a whole lot of gunnery on her at that point. Prior yeah. to that, she'd been out to sea for ninety-nine days straight, and that includes Coral yeah. Sea. So she had not had a lot of time to get into the yard to be uh, upgraded, modernized. If you exact upgraded, yeah, better better choice of terms, upgraded with new weaponry. So that's why you see a lot of this scattered about. You see the you know pre-war water-cooled fifties right here, mm-hmm. here, one twenty with a gun shield and one twenty without a gun shield. It's because that's yeah, all they right. had a the time to put on the ship,
2: yeah, you know, slap it on. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So this is, these are really blurry because I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on inside of CV five at this time. This is, this is the DC parties. You see the hoses, the firefighting yeah. hoses. This is inside the hangar deck. Um, this is after she takes the hit or hits plural from, um, is it uh, Kobayashi, wasn't it, John?
2: The valve, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That's yeah. The flight was led by Kobayashi. Kobayashi didn't make an attack; he was shot down. But yeah, it was one of his dudes.
0: So again, this is inside the hangar deck. You can see the aircraft parked back here. This is this is from the bow looking towards the stern. You can see mm-hmm. one of the aircraft is kind of smoking here. You can see one sitting here. Um, and another shot, which I'm not going to. Sh- Actually, you can make it out right here. There's aircraft stowed
2: in the overhead.
0: Yeah. There's one right here, and I believe this is a Dauntless.
2: Right Isn't there. yeah? One of these is Roy G.'s, I think. One of the interesting parts of this, of course, is you can see the open sides to the hangar deck that you know we can directly yes. vent our hangar to the outside atmosphere, as the Japanese cannot. Uh, so when you've got you know planes and ordnance that you need to throw over the side in a hurry. Uh, obviously it's a lot easier to do that on an American ship than a Japanese ship.
0: Indeed. And these, these doors operated kind of like your garage door at your house, or or if you have a, if you are familiar with mechanic shops, the manual rolling doors, it's the same kind of a thing here. What what I just noticed, what's that, John? Go ahead.
2: Up and over. I said,
0: yeah. 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 What I just noticed about this aircraft, and this is a Dauntless, you can tell by the wing shape look at the Rondell. still got the red circle in the middle of the Rondell, so it has not been painted mm-hmm. post coral sea so yeah that's cool one of the many spares that's a that's a you door for you but yeah <laughs> <laughs> absolutely man okay so this is Yorktown's uh, this is her her uh, funnel right here this is the after end of her superstructure right here um, Yeah. This is damage to, oops, sorry, wrong one. This is damage to her island. You can see the forward end of her her tripod mast here. Right, there's old worry yep. right there. This is her boat crane, or airplane crane, I'm sorry, right here. Crane. And right. you can see the massive amount. And uh, Bill yeah. Roy's thumbprint right there. You can see a massive amount of smoke coming out. She's dead in the water right here. Yep. And, of course, here's Famous. probably the... Yeah, the most famous image of Yorktown at Coral Sea. And, I mean, look at the smoke just billowing out. You want to know why that funnel is deteriorated to the state that it is currently? Right. That's all you, you need go. to see. That's yeah. it right there. Sure. And there she is dead in the water here. Again, this obviously this is shot from a different vessel. But, you know, she really got lucky, John, when we talk about, you know, aircraft stacked on the deck. You know, everything you know, there's a common myth that you guys shattered in Shattered Sword, no pun intended, that the Japanese did not have aircraft stacked all over her deck.
2: Well, right. Yorktown did. Yeah right. They yeah, right. Yeah, right. Shoved forward in a, a biopark. Yeah. Deck park. On mm-hmm. them. Yeah. It really is a testament, though, to the Yorktown-class vessels. Uh, these were just robust, durable mm-hmm. vessels. And the fact that, yeah, mm-hmm. she took a licking like this, but still... You know, looks as good as she does on the bottom even now in comparison with, you know, the the two Japanese ships that we're looking at. Who, of course, suffered much more cruelly in terms of fire and whatnot. But Yorktown and her sisters were just better ships to begin with. They were just far more durable and better damage control. They were harder than woodpecker
0: lips. So (laughs) let's let's go back to the uh, footage there, Bill, if we can. Sure thing. Yeah. All right, so what we're looking at right here, this is the very edge of her flight deck. You can pause it. right? Yeah, pause. This, this is her, just a smidge.
2: It's on the port side, isn't it?
0: Correct. This yeah. is the port side bow of Yorktown's flight deck, and I mean the very edge. Yeah, because if right. you roll back the footage just a smidge, Bill, you'll see <laughs> the, the corner, literally the corner right there. The-
2: right there that's the brow yeah of her, of her mm-hmm. deck yep, yep. The roll down
0: so the weapon this is a weapon right here or what's left of it uh, and it's very hard to discern in enterprise pictures of the same era you'll see enterprise has got 20 millimeters up here because she actually had the time to go into the yard And receive them whereas at this stage i don't frankly know if those are 20s or if that's what's left of a water-cooled 50 i have no earthly clue it's i I zoomed in on that footage and tried to dork out as much as i could and i literally cannot discern what it is because it's just kind of melted into itself
1: yeah Yeah. right yeah yeah Yeah. kind of corrosion
0: yeah okay bill go ahead and roll her Mm mm-hmm
3: So you'll see she, yeah, you can go ahead and fast forward a little bit if you don't mind. Right there, pause.
0: Okay, perfect example of what I was talking about before. If you look there, those are gun mounts, but there's no guns there. Right. And it's not because the guns fell off when she went down. You'll see the big gaping holes in front of the shields. Those shields were cut off. And they were mm-hmm. kicked aside, one would assume, by some sailor. And those weapons yep. were cut off and shoved over the side. So this is evidence of Yorktown's crew trying to lighten ship here. Right. Um,
2: and those would have been either in the old, got these things old or 50s. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. These, are the, these are the lighter anti-aircraft guns. But, I mean, Buckmaster gave the order to lighten ship, and he said, cut off anything that we don't need. And at that point, they didn't need the guns. So yeah, these right. things are going. And so this, this
2: is obviously going to be after the torpedo attack. Right, and we're also seeing one of the hangar deck openings right here.
0: Mm-hmm. Pause it. Just. That's a really good shot. You can kind yeah. of make out some of her paint there, and it's and it's you yeah. know, I mean, obviously there there is no light down there, so it's hard to say. See, but uh, you know, there's been. There was some footage that was discovered recently, archival footage that was discovered recently, of the three sisters, the three Yorktown-class sisters, Yorktown, Enterprise, and Hornet, leaving Pearl Harbor for Midway. And Mm. uh, they were escorted by PT boats. Um, There's some still imagery of Hornet and of Enterprise. And then there's there's footage of all three of the sisters. And there was a little arguing going back and forth as to which— the the footage was, was it Yorktown or was it Enterprise moving, moving out under this footage? If I'll find it later, I'll put a uh, link to it in this video if I find it. Um, and it's pretty evident in that footage that it is indeed Enterprise because of the color of the paint. And that's hard to tell, you know, when she's, you know, several fathoms beneath the surface. But this is definitely a lighter color than Enterprise was painted at that time. You can okay. go ahead, Bill.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, several fathoms. There's an understatement.
0: Several fathoms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> several fathoms. Yeah. Pause for okay. two. That's cool. Yeah, that's just really neat. That's one of those things that again, it's kind of like your arresting gear moment, you know, on the flight right. deck. That's just a. It's you know, it's 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 a hatch. It, it's just a simple yeah. door on the USS Yorktown. But to think of the people that walk through that, walk in and out of the there. Fence, right. Yeah, yeah. Just the events that this thing was a part of—it's—it's it's mind blowing. When you see something like mm-hmm. that, it's—it's it's a small human touch of mm-hmm. you know this tremendous event. You can go ahead, Bill, and roll. And now we're looking into our hangar deck here. Yeah. Unfortunately, from the footage that we've been able to see so far, they didn't go into the hangar deck. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they ever did.
2: No, and you're not going to do that with an ROV. That's super dangerous because, you know, mm-hmm. if you get your, your control lines hung up or something like that, now you you are ver schnooked. I believe is the German yep. word for it. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. this is
0: cool. You can go ahead and pause it, Bill. All right, so right here, this is very evident that I'm pointing with my, with my pointer. That's a ladder right there. You talk about yeah. up the steel steps, same thing right. here in Yorktown. This is That's up the steel weird. steps right there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, very cool. So this is inside the hang. Well, I say inside. It's at the very edge of the hangar deck there. Right. You can see the, the edge of the opening right there, that angled piece. Yeah. Obviously, this is the, the – I'm not sure if this is port or starboard side, to be perfectly honest with you. I cannot tell. I wasn't able to discern from this footage because the Yorktown footage is kind of – it's brief in comparison with some of the other footage here. Right. You go ahead, Bill. Keep on rolling.
2: Yeah, she is in way better shape than either of the Japanese ones.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and and you know, again, that that's because of the fact that she didn't suffer those ca-
2: oh go ahead, pause it there. There's the stern, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's because she didn't suffer those catastrophic fires that those two, well, four Japanese aircraft carriers suffered that she is in relatively good shape considering all the suffering that she did go through. Now, this is a super, super cool shot. This is her stern, obviously, right here. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very difficult, but you can kind of sort of make out her name. Uh, Mm
2: -hmm. If you
0: look, if you split the image of the stern in half, you can kind of see an R right there. Bill just passed
2: over it. right. Yeah. Y-O-R. okay yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: And upper to the upper right section, this is a gun mount, and that is one of the 20-millimeter Ehrlichan guns right there, or what's left of the, the mount and the shield. The weapon has probably yeah. fallen away at some point. I can't make it out in that footage.
2: I didn't even know they put Ehrlichans yeah, that low on the stern. Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, if you think about it, when The few times that she had the opportunity to go into port, they're going to stick weapons wherever they can. And, I mean, that footage, the archival that I showed earlier the torpedo attack, that's good. if you're going to put it, you want to put them low, and that's got a, a good spot yeah, to put them
2: to. Crappy sky arcs, though, but yeah, whatever. Oh,
0: for sure, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're shooting horizontal here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bill, we can fast forward through this. God knows what the hell that is. It's just a piece of sheet steel that looks like it's coming off the side of her. Um, yeah.
1: It looks like blast damage. There we go.
0: Yep, We've been here before. Yeah, that's the bow. That's that whatever. Oh, there we go. There's a okay. bridge. Positive. There. Okay, so this is super, super cool. This is obviously the bridge of USS Yorktown CV-5. Um, which you can see, I mean, she still has the glass intact in her superstructure right there. You can see that right there. Bill, what is the term yeah. for those little windows?
1: Those um, circular
0: windows.
1: Yeah, I mean, they'd be just be portholes. They're just, uh, they had shields that you could bolt down over them just uh, for extra blast protection. For like battle but you would open blast the entire protection. thing. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, you can tell clearly that there is, you know, there's still glass in there. And, you know, I remember, John, we were talking about before we recorded this, you know, this, the window that Nagumo climbed out of, you know, that, that whole thing on a superstructure. Yeah. This is the window where Admiral Frank Jack Fletcher would have looked out during the attack, you know, and it, Captain right. Buckmaster, Elliot Buckmaster's up in there. And, you know, Jimmy Thatch, when he landed at some point, he went up there and reported up there. It's, yes. it's again, it's one of those just like, wow, this is
1: freaking cool moments. Yeah. The point repeatedly in the series, you know, the Lost Ships of World War II series, that there are no battlefields you can visit for battles at yeah. sea. This is the best you can do, and it's incredible historic, you know, uh, artifact. And yeah. it's amazing that it's found, amazing we can now film these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Bill, you can go ahead and pat, maybe. Through some of this, because this is all the same. They hover around the superstructure for a while. Yeah, well, understandably so. For sure, for sure. I have no clue what the hell that is. That's oh no no I do know that. Pause that. Yeah, looks like a gun director's. That's exactly what that is. Yeah, Mm. yep. That that's exactly what that is. That that's one of her gun directors for uh, her five inch guns uh that, that's Is that kind of direct did so
2: do they have mark 37s or were they still using 33s i can't even what's
0: i believe 33? on yorktown at this point they're 33s because she had not had the opportunity to go in the yard and be upgraded to that level yet i could be dead wrong and right. if i am somebody call me out on it i don't mind yeah. but i'm almost 100 percent certain they are 33s at this point
2: that's neat Yeah, so we're looking right down on the top of our island there that's super yeah. cool
0: yeah, the tripod mast is long since gone. You know, that, that sure. thing probably rolled off when she rolled over. Yeah, you know, right. Back to where we started
2: here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. we already.
2: That's
0: neat. Yeah, yeah it, totally, it totally is. I'm going to go ahead and share, uh, Bill. Let's go ahead and share. I want to share some of the uh, other imagery I have here. Okay, so right here what we're looking at, this is after the torpedo attack, obviously. The torpedo is going to hit, one of, one of two is going to hit Yorktown, literally right underneath here. The plume of water, uh, when she gets hit right here, this plume of water yeah. blows that catwalk off. And in uh, Robert Ballard's footage, and it may exist in the longer version of this footage too, you can see this very damage is still there. It just mm-hmm. poof, it just blew that right off. So yeah. as she takes these two torpedoes, she starts to take a pretty good list. As I said, at one point it was 26 degrees. You can see, <laughs> I mean, this thing, here's the horizon. Yeah. yeah. Look at this. It's, yeah. Tough to walk. Yeah, she's a very much so. And, I mean, you can see by the angle of this guy's ankles right here that it's, it's beginning to be a struggle to walk on the vessel. Um, yeah. This is a really good shot of her here. You know, she's got a pretty good list going on right here. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, there there was some criticism ex post facto, you know, why did you abandon the ship, you know, when you did? But you can see uh from from Elliot Buckmaster's standpoint, if if we keep going this way, I'm going to I'm going to drown 1600 guys. We just can't have that. Right. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I, I never questioned that decision. I think it was a quality decision.
0: So we're going to zoom in here. Unfortunately, you can't see. You can kind of see some of the cutaway of one of the gun shields here, kind of, mm-hmm. because you can see the weapon here, and it's devoid of a shield here. But what I was trying to point out is that 20 millimeter that we saw in the stern, there it is right there. Yeah. Look at that. Look at you. There okay. There she is. There she mm-hmm. is. So, this is Yorktown abandoned um, when Buckmaster said Buckmaster was the last man off the ship, as is you know obvious uh, he descended on the starboard side, yeah, customary he descended on the starboard side of Yorktown, and he said when he did that at that point water was lapping the hangar deck, and you can
2: see very clearly, was, yes. I was just going to point that out that, you know, a few more feet down and all of a sudden you've got free surface effects working on your hangar deck. And, you know, yeah, that could have been the end right there.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, and this goes back to the harder than woodpecker lips comment that we make all the time, the sucker stayed afloat. So, you know, after Yorktown gets hit by the two, by the three bombs earlier, of course, you know, she goes dead in the water. And then less than an hour later, they resume, you know, they, 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 resume twenty knots. They get up to twenty knots. Yeah. Yorktown is maneuvering when she comes under a yeah. uh, torpedo attack by by uh, the Kate's later on in the afternoon that you know leaves her in this condition. Yes. After they abandon her, she still stays afloat and she drifts overnight. They decide, they being Buckmaster and Admiral Fletcher, decide to send a salvage party aboard Yorktown to try and get her out of there. Uh, They send a fleet tug out from Pearl and Hermes to meet Yorktown and drag her back, but it's a tugboat. So, I mean, this thing is taking, you know, a coon's age to get out there to get to Yorktown. And, of course, before that happens, she gets torpedoed by I-168. And this is the footage I I wanted
2: to show here. There she goes. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, the skipper of 168 was a guy named Tanabe, and this was, uh, you know, one of the better Japanese torpedo attacks of the war. He made a very bold approach. He managed to get underneath the screen and and put a fish into her, and it's just it's devastating. So heartbreaking. Look at the size of that hole. Yeah, just boom. boom. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, just absolutely tremendous. It's this is her of course rolling over. Yeah,
1: right there. She was yeah. really well.
2: Right. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, she would have made it home except for that, obviously. Yep. And there
0: she goes. Yeah, and they say she sunk by the stern first. And of course, here's her bow. So it's quite evident that she did indeed sink by the stern. So while I don't have the, uh, the, 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 frame by frame of of, of akagi or of of yorktown like you did by uh of akagi no, but it's great. nevertheless important because uh, mm-hmm. you know she's one of the more famous ships of the war for sure from the american perspective uh you know she definitely paid her freight at coral Sea and you York- yeah. and uh, midway john do we want to get onto kaga
2: yeah, this, this is going to be a lot quicker, because Kaga is a hot mess. Um, she is the most devastated of the Japanese carriers, with the arguable exception of Soryu, which we haven't found yet. Um, Kaga is a battleship by by nature, and we're looking here at her... Uh, let's freeze it right, right around in here. Um, this is her starboard quarter. Uh, towards the stern and let's go ahead and pull up a screen cap of her. Right, So we're looking here at a portion of her stern and we can see some of the, the portholes uh, along there. You'll notice too this sort of curved surface uh, down below the porthole. She's got a little bit of a tumble home when you get down close to her armor belt. Um, so she's sort of an interesting shape. But the sort of the interesting the thing to notice here is we can see uh, her deck, and the ship is basically burned from from the island aft, it is burned all the way down to her main armored deck, or slightly above it. So all of her superstructure, all of the gun tubs, everything uh, in the upper and lower hangar decks is gone. And some of the footage that we saw during the expedition which we don't actually have in this sort of promo reel that, that they've released thus far um, in the area of the stern right over the ha- or the uh, right over the engines uh, we could actually see that main armored deck that acted as a bit of a fire break frankly the fire made it down to that point point. But even the ordnance explosions and that kind of stuff couldn't get through this battleship armored deck. I forget how thick it was. But it acts as a firebreak for the vessel and and essentially checks the destruction at that level. But that was pretty harrowing, too, because when you think about it, you know, below the level of about where we're looking now, you know, one deck lower, um, that is the tomb for her engineering crew, which is, I believe, 268 gentlemen uh, who are all trapped in her engine spaces as this carrier burned overhead. And that is their graves. You know, we're looking just a little further to the right uh, would have been where the engineering spaces would have been. And yeah, so uh, pretty pretty terrible amount of destruction. Um, Let's go ahead and, and keep rolling at this point. we can definitely fast forward. So we are now looking at one of her casemate mounts and so she, like Akagi, had 8-inch casemate guns uh, which were low down in her stern. You can see that the casemate is no longer there, the mount is no longer there. Well, the, it seems apparent that the ship rolled over when she sank, and a lot of those casemate mounts, since they had no sh- ship structure above them anymore to hold those mounts in place, when the ship rolls over, uh, those casemate mounts came out. Some of them are still intact, but a lot of them are gone.
0: That's yeah. it for a second, Bill. That's absolutely incredible when you think about that for just a split second. The casemates, if, you know, if you look at a design picture of kaga you can see i mean these things are literally tucked inside the vessel yeah so for it to be destroyed to the point where the casemates that are like stuck in pockets if you will yeah. to
2: flip out that'll tell right. you how much damage was done at that point point. and actually if we if we go back just a little bit um because i've got a really interesting sort of side by side okay yeah that's a good point right there so One of the things that was really weirding us out when we were looking at this footage, we could see this piece of steel that's in purple here that had this very nice curved lip to it, and yet it's sort of hanging out here, you know, off in space. And my theory is, and and this may be totally off base, that what we're seeing here is a section of a deck and then a bulkhead and then another deck that would have so, so this curvature here would have uh would have fit up against one of the original gun turrets, okay, and would have sort of demarcated the lower edge of that gun turret. And what's happened is when the ship rolls over, all three of those things essentially got flattened out, pancaked by the water, the turret falls out. And, you know, the rest of the structure just kind of is drooping down next to the ship here. It's kind of hard to envision, but that's the only mechanism that I can create whereby I get this smooth metal edge um, that would at one time have been tracing the lower edge of that gun turret. How did it get to be outboard of the ship? And you can see, too, if we go back to the... um, just the the screenshot it's or the uh yeah the footage you can see the actual scantlings it looks like on the inside of that bulkhead um a little further to the center here yeah that stuff yeah right in there that used to be vertical i think and now it's horizontal so that again when when this whole thing got kind of stretched out and pancaked out all of those scantlings got moved uh, into the into the vertical plane as well. That's a hypothesis on my part. I may be totally out to lunch, but that's the only way that I could envision this thing in 3D. Anyway, let's move mm-hmm. on. That's some serious damage, man. Yeah, and actually, maybe this would be a good time to put up that picture from Shattered Sword that sort of uh, shows yep. what... What she looked like. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is a drawing that was based on an eyewitness account from one of the Japanese aviators, a guy named Yoshino Haruo. And when the Ballard expedition was out there in 1998, um, a guy named Chuck Haberline, a friend of mine, he used to be the, the, the photographic curator at the, the Navy Yard, had a drawing of Kaga and he asked Yoshino to... Uh, draw what Kaga looked like and he basically just erased everything after the bow. And so I took that drawing and adapted it using, you know, my drawing of Kaga. One of the interesting things about what we see on the bottom is that this drawing actually seems to be relatively accurate. If I had it to do over, I would do away the flight deck Uh, supports on the aft part of the ship. I bet they were all gone too. But this is basically what we see of Kaga on the bottom that, you know, some of the casemate mounts are still there, but others are gone. And yeah, the ship's structure, you don't find any of the gun tubs, any of the five inch mounts, any of that stuff that was on the upper hangar levels. That's just all toast. Uh, and, And the ship basically, again, had been burned down to the level of the armor deck incredible
1: you're talking about this bit right here yeah you see there being um oh oh, he brought brought it down but anyway that bit was was exactly the aft end of the forward part of the ship Um, yeah that's correct yeah matches oh here it goes let me grab grab it again matches perfectly right back here
2: Actually, no, it's further aft. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's underneath those flight deck supports towards the after okay. the ship. It's after the casemate mounts is, is is where that section that we were looking at comes from. So, anyway. Okay. Yeah, she's demolished. She's utterly demolished. And this is why Kaga, you know, you can understand why she suffered 811 fatalities on this ship. I mean, she's just blown to pieces we're above the armor deck in this level though because you don't put portholes obviously below your armor belt um so we're looking inside the ship's structure here but yeah the armor deck is just right below that anyway let's let's move forward because the other this is all just i i can't identify this pieces of okay that one is kind of cool this let's pause here Tentative identification here, but this seems to be the lower portion of one of the supports that would have held up uh, the five-inch guns on the side of the superstructure. And again, the, the side plating has been distorted. This thing is, you know, kind of draped off into space. We're looking basically right down, vertically down on the top of it as it's sort of leaning off the side of the ship, and everything above that level is gone. Their funnel is gone too. So
0: Yeah. So that lend that lends credence to what you were talking about, how it was look look like you know, a monster just took a bite out of the top of the thing and yeah, there's nothing, right. absolutely nothing above it. Right. So now let's fast forward.
2: Yeah, again, more pieces of the some stuff from the side of the ship, but very low down. Yeah that's that's another that that is that same support. This is one of her casemate mounts uh, down aft. I believe this is going to be on her port side. So this is one of the few that survived. I was not here for all of the footage. I understand that her aftmost one actually has lost its barrel. She had 10 of these turrets, 5 on each side. And I believe mm. that Jeff Morris told me that at least six or seven of them are not there. So again, she seems to have rolled over when she capsized, uh, and a lot of those mounts went away. We've already sort of looked at that. You get a better shot of that that curvature. Okay, here. Let's pause here. Yeah. Good lord. Uh, Yeah, right. So you can't really tell what this is. Jeff Morris, my friend from Nauticos, who's done a lot of this kind of stuff, he says that from what he could tell, he thinks that The piece of wreckage that this was a part of was probably 80 or 90 meters long. This is a big, big chunk of wreckage. And this is not actually on the hull of Kaga. It is located off to her starboard side, a good, I can't remember, 40, 50 meters, something like that, maybe even a little further away. Um, This seems to be the remains of her upper hangar decks forward of the island, which again would support the drawing that we did, that that area of the ship was less damaged than the stuff aft of the island. And so when this ship rolls over and sinks, um, that forward hangar deck portion seems to have come off the ship and landed next to the ship when she finally hits the bottom. And I we don't have footage of it here, but I did see... One of the flight deck support stanchions uh, from the forward end of the flight deck, I did glimpse that in this pile of wreckage. So that seems to substantiate that this came off from the forward hangar decks. And I apologize for the, the IGN nerdarati that are out there. They're going to look at my drawing and they say, Partial's drawing is wrong. Look, he's got two flight deck supports there. It was held up by four flight deck supports and actually we know from recent scholarship that she actually had three supports on either side so the flight deck was held up by six supports sorry this is a 1999 version drawing of the ship but anyway that's what we're probably looking at here is a portion of her forward hangar deck
0: and again that that would that would you know coincide with the the actual damage suffered by her, the bomb damage, because that's where several of the early bomb, well, specifically Dusty Cleese, James C. Dexter, that's where they placed their bombs, was in that area. So, again, having right. looked at other shipwrecks, yeah. when you, when a vessel suffers an internal explosion, a bomb explosion, it's going to obviously weaken that metal, to make it easier to tear off to that point. Right. So that's, yeah, that all right. tells
2: the same story. One, one of the things that we know about Kaga is that Uh, She suffered damage much akin to what happened to the carrier Franklin later in the war, namely a fuel air explosion. So her fuel lines were ruptured, there was live gasoline just pouring out on the decks, you've got this enormous fire, enough of that gasoline eventually vaporizes, and kaboom! an enormous explosion that was visible to the Japanese and even to some of the American aviators that were still right. getting done with their attacks and trying to get out of Dodge. Like Dusty Cleese saw this thing blow up. He did. Yeah. And this leads then to a, a further debate that we've had. So back to 1999 when they found what we called the Chunk, which was the, the original piece of wreckage from this ship, um, which was a a pair of twenty-five millimeter gun tubs from her starboard side aft gun galleries down on the bottom of the ocean, and Tony and I had this ongoing debate about: okay, when was the chunk actually formed in Kaga's ordeal? Did it come off early in her ordeal, or was it a product of you know later induced explosions? I was always in the camp that said it was later in the ordeal. Mm -hmm. Tony was like, man, that fuel air explosion that she suffered earlier on, that could have been what knocked the chunk off the ship. I can't divulge any details, but I will tell you that the chunk is a good ways away from the main wreck of this ship, like miles away. And so that would tend to indicate then that it, it was created earlier in her ordeal and i then had to go back to tony and say you were right and i was less right <laughs> to, to parent <laughs> megamine um, so but but that ties into this you know we're, we're continuing to learn yeah. about this battlefield just on the physical placement of these artifacts on the seafloor we can start making deductions about what was happening to these ships as they were trying to make their way in Kaga's case, she was trying to crawl yeah. out of the battlefield and was deflagrating and blowing up the entire time that she was doing it. Yeah. So, and
0: again, that, that coincides perfectly with the eyewitness accounts of American aviators who saw this tremendous explosion right. on Kaga, at, yeah. like as she was being still being hit.
2: So, right, yeah, yeah she goes kaboom. This is uh, some portion of junk. Yeah, we've gotten to the point here. You can see that the ship is just much harder to come up with recognizable portions of the wreck that we can actually look at. Okay, this portion though, this is cool. So that pause it right here. You can kind of see this big blue hole a little to the right of your mouse cursor and up. Yeah, right there. Um, This is the damage in her lower hull from one of the torpedoes that scuttled her. So that yellow circle shows where this is on the wreck. And you're within your rights to say, partial, how the hell do you know where this is on the wreck when the wreck is, you know, a hulk that's uh, completely devoid of recognizable features? Um, We know that she lost 30 or so feet of her stern. And we were able to tell by the side scan uh, images where the ROV was in relation to the Hulk as she's doing this transit around the wreck. And Mm -hmm. so just by measuring, they were able to say, oh, yeah, we're within blah, 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 meters of the stern, subtract 30 feet, do the math, that's where this hit should be, which is basically right under where the island of the ship would have been. But uh, as we roll forward on the footage, it's... Sort of hard to tell, but there is a great big hole here that gets punched uh, right through the side of the ship.
1: And that would have been from a long lance, right, John?
2: That's correct. Yeah, yeah when they put can... her down, um, yeah. basically yeah. what they did is they yeah they, they fired, I forget the number of torpedoes, I want to say four, and yeah, they hit her with a couple, and, and that's, yeah, we're getting a little zoom in here. Um, yeah, down she went, so... That is honestly um, pretty much all of the the footage that's that's kind of worth viewing. And again, uh, some people may disagree until we get the full footage from this wreck and uh, have a chance to look around a little bit more at her and find some additional features. But she's a mess. Um, she yeah. she took a real a real beating. And again. Um, when you think about the number of people that that perished on that ship, you can see why just, just the pummeling that she took. Yeah. Kind of a, one of those, one of those moments where you really, for me, the, the heart clutch moment is seeing the armored deck uh Mm -hmm. which we were able to see in some of the portions not necessarily in this footage but you know looking right down on top of where the engine rooms were and just thinking about dear god you know that is the graves of her entire black gang who were entombed down there and trapped in that ship and couldn't get out while the hangars are burning above them and uh, the decks are eventually turning red hot above their heads i mean jesus christ yeah really scary anyway that's kaga
0: and Literally being burned
2: to death in an oven is what it is. Yeah.
0: You know, it's horrible. Yeah.
2: So well that's a that's an upward kind of note to end on, isn't it? But <laughs> and we're good at that. I mean, I think I think we're known for that too. <laughs> you bring in those, those heartwarming, <laughs> uplifting moments, you know, in, in naval military history. So yeah. anyway.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, this was a, a different episode and I don't know if you're listening to this episode, if you, if you've made it this far and you're just listening to this, I want to thank you very much for just making it this far and listening to this because it's, you're not getting anything out of what you're listening to. So that being said, look at it on YouTube and you're going to see a lot of really, really cool stuff on here. Check it out. John did his homework as always. Um, and it was just neat. I mean, it, you never get tired of looking at this, at least I don't. I never get tired of looking at this stuff and when I saw that come up on uh, I forget what day it was, a Saturday or a Sunday, just a few weeks ago, it, it, you know, I was like finally, you know, but it was amazing to see it all the all the same. And uh we hope you guys did like this different rendition of our episode this week. Uh Bill, John, do you guys have anything else you want to add?
2: <laughs> if I do, there must be something wrong with me. <laughs>
1: So. Yeah. and Seth, all i'll say is that uh, number one I'm um, i'm happy i was able to sit up for this entire thing because i'm starting to fail here with uh, how's, my, how's my, the <laughs> painkillers wearing off and yeah, it's, it's not going well uh but okay. the but the other issue i wanted to highlight is that as we're recording this today seth we've just passed 2.5 million views on youtube and and just about 700,000 audio listens. So, Look that's at you guys. Fantastic. And so That's amazing. Really
2: that's super cool. Congratulations yeah. to that's both awesome. of you. That's wonderful.
1: You're a big it's, part it, of it. Uh,
2: well, you know, I appreciate being able to come on as a guest, but honestly, you know, just sort of as an outsider looking in on this thing, I just I just love the fact that the channel has taken off. Your viewership is going really really well. You, hats off to you guys. I'm super proud of you. It's just it's and it's it's great to be a part of that in in whatever capacity. So congrats. Yeah.
0: Well, the, again, it's like I like I told Dave Holland several months ago that so you've been a big part of it, mate. So uh so thank you for everything. And obviously we will have you on again soon because as we record this one, I am prepping the notes for Saipan. So Can't wait. And then, of course, after that, Phil C. So, we got a lot to talk about in the the near future, and we will see you again
1: soon. So, Sipan, one place we'll talk about. Go ahead. So, all three of us have actually visited. So, yeah, indeed. Incredible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, indeed. It's it's a nasty place, too, man. It's the, the, mm-hmm. the terrain out there is incredible, incredible, as we will get into. So with that, we want to thank you very much for listening in on our conversation. Please subscribe to the Unauthorized History of the Pacific War podcast wherever you receive your podcast. Give us a rating and review. We do appreciate it. If you want to see the video version of this, and I highly recommend you watch the video version of this one specifically, subscribe to our YouTube channel called The Unauthorized History of the Pacific War Podcast. If you have a question, send us an email at unauthorizedpacificpodcast at gmail.com. So once again, I am Seth Parrott, and I want to say thank you very much. John, as always, it is a pleasure. Thank you very much for being with us.
2: Thanks. Couldn't <laughs> couldn't ask for a, for a better crew to hang with. Awesome. Great. Bill?
1: And I'm Bill Toady. See you again. Next week when I'm hoping I'm in better shape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Adios.